Ideas matter. Ideas matter. This is dialogue. Hello and welcome to dialogue. Argentina has elected a new president now in Javier Milei, who is seen as a far-right libertarian. The president-elect has pledged drastic and immediate reforms to tame the country's triple-digit inflation and end what he calls Argentina's decline. How did this relatively inexperienced politician win the election, and what policies can we expect from the new president? And will he succeed in rebuilding the country's economy? To have a closer look, I'm glad to be joined by George Heiner, former Chilean ambassador to China, Professor Jiang Shixue of Shanghai University, and Salvador Marinaro, associate professor of Spanish language and literature of Fudan University. Welcome to the dialogue show. And uh, Ambassador, I will start with you. Uh, you are from this region, and how much do we know about uh, the newly uh, elected president? You know, Javier Malay. You know, what what kind of uh, uh, words you would use to describe him? You know, some people would call his uh, proposals, ideas, as outlandish or even crazy. Well, <clears throat> he is an economist. Uh, he uh, made his mark on public life on various uh, television shows. Uh, from that moment, he was elected uh, a member of, of parliament as a representative. He is on his, was on his first term. Uh, and he, uh, yes, he has uh, become famous for very outrageous things. He has said he will close the central bank, that he will dollarize uh, the economy, uh, that there will be, he will legalize the selling, buying and selling of human organs. Uh, all of these things naturally extremely uh, controversial. Uh, part of the secret of his success has been saying these uh, very outrageous things. Now, whether he will be able to implement is another matter. You can rightly say he is very much an outsider uh, in Argentine politics. That is, on the one hand, his strength, because the Argentine crisis with the 140% inflation and 40% poverty rate is obviously very high. Things are bad. I was in Argentina in July. Uh, things are not good. But the question is whether he will be able to do anything about it. Let us keep in mind that he has a very small representation in Parliament, less than 15% of members of the House of Representatives, less than 10% of the Senators. So the question is, will he be able to enact such a maximalist program with such a minimal political support in Parliament? Mm -hmm. uh, there, Marinaro, you are from Argentina you know, Argentina and you live in China. What's your, you know, initial response when you heard the news of uh, the election of uh, Mr. Malay? Okay, good afternoon, Xu Qingdao. I'm glad to, to be here um, and talking about this aspect, this topic. Uh, my first impression was I felt uh, that these elections were a tragedy for the country. Was the worst possibility of the three main candidates in Argentina's pol uh, politics. And as Ambassador Haynes said, he doesn't have enough support, enough uh, representatives in the Congress, enough political connections with the governors to put um, such a radical agenda and to put in order the economy of the country. 
Professor Jiang Shishui, I mean, you have been following the development. You have been studying, you know, Latin American for for many many years. And uh, tell us, you know, why people, you know, despite all the let's say, you know, unusual discussion, unusual ideas from uh, Mr. Malay, I mean, he got elected. Uh, and uh, you know, what what are the factors behind his success? Well, you know, uh, in Chinese, we have a proverb saying that. Uh, when when you are very sick, you're going to uh, you're going to visit all kinds of doctors. As uh, Jorge Hene, uh, our friend, said just now, uh, the economy in Argentina is in a kind of a terrible shape. Uh, very uh, high inflation rate, very high unemployment rate, and a very big debt burden. All kinds of things. So voters in Argentina just wish to see changes. They want to see somebody who can make a miracle. So Millet is probably the right person the voters in Argentina believe will save Argentina. But, but, but uh, who knows what will happen? I would uh, totally agree with uh, my friend uh, Salvador, uh, Salvador said that uh, that probably will be a tragedy for Argentina. Uh, all right, uh, the uh, Professor Marinaro, you know, um, so can, can we, can, do you agree with uh, Professor Jiang that, you know, people basically voted for change? Is that the key word? Totally. I, I totally believe that the people were looking for a change. And one of the main elements behind his electoral success was precisely he hadn't had any any executive experience before so he could present in front of the voters at something new and this one was uh, one of the results of the representative crisis that argentina's politics is facing the po the common population don't believe in the traditional politicians so a new one like Millet won a lot of support. Can I add something to that? Yeah, go ahead, please. Yes. Now, the other thing that is important to keep in mind is the following. It seems to me this reflects a deeper problem in uh, Argentina's uh, model of economic development. Uh, Argentina, since its transition to democracy in the 1980s, uh, the, basically there have been two uh, coalitions, one the Peronistas, the other the Radicales, that have alternated in power. None of them have really been able to give the sort of economic growth and progress that the country deserves and, and needs. Argentina is one of the richest countries in the world in terms of natural resources. Its land, La Pampa Humeda, is one of the best in the world. It has enormous mineral resources, lithium, gas, oil. Yet, uh, they have not been able to translate this to, into effective progress and good jobs and good incomes for Argentine people. So this is a major problem. It's not just an election, it seems to me. It's a crisis of Argentina's economic development model over the past 40 years, and it demands uh, major changes. Now, I don't think those changes are going to come from closing the central bank or from dollarizing the economy, mm -hmm. but uh, that would be a matter uh, for another session. Uh, yeah, another session, uh, but I, I want to ask you, you, like, you know, what do you read as the uh, problem number one or the priorities uh, uh, the president-elect need to needed to deal with, or what are the most important challenges for this country? 
uh, Professor Jiang? Well, let me tell no, you, ahead, yeah. Ambassador, yes. All, all, yeah. uh, Yes, uh, almost half of the Argentine population, we talk about a population of 45 million, uh, about 20 million, receive one subsidy or another in, in some form or another. Uh, obviously, they have gotten used to it, uh, but that is a situation that makes the, you know, the fiscal deficit uh, grow ever larger. Now, if you cut off those subsidies, you would have an immediate social revolt. Now, that is what Mr. Milehi said he will do. We will cut the social subsidies because they are, you know, strangling uh, the, the fiscal budget. But uh, to do that uh, would uh, risk enormous social consequences. So uh, that is, I would say, the most serious problem. Uh, there's been social peace in Argentina until now because you have these massive social subsidies. Mm -hmm. But the moment you cut them off, uh, well, people will take to the streets. So it's a bit like squaring the circle. Mm. Uh, Professor Jiang, I also what is want the, to. Uh, yeah, what has the, do you see like as the most uh, pressing challenges uh, uh, for Mr. Malay? Well, uh, you know, uh, somebody somebody said uh, there are three kinds of countries in the world: developed countries, developing countries, and Argentina. <laughs> That means Argentina has been uh, suffering from all kinds of economic uh, crisis. Uh, 20 years ago, uh, Argentina was deeply in a debt crisis. And now, well, we are going to see probably, uh, uh, or, or you may say, uh, in the words uh, of President-elect Milai, there will be a kind of a miracle, but I doubt it. Uh, I think uh, the most important uh, job for him to do after he came, uh, comes to power will be to deal with the economy. In order, to, in order to solve all the problems, you have to promote economic growth. But this is not an easy job. So we have to uh, uh, design a proper uh, policy in the first place. Then we need to implement uh, these kinds of policies, but that's not an easy job. So who, who knows what will happen? Uh, I will say that 51%, I'm very pessimistic about uh, the future of Mr. Millet's uh, economic policies. Mm -hmm. uh, well, Professor Marinaro, uh, you were trying to say something, but let, let, before that, let me quote a few sentences probably from Mr. Millet. You know, he said uh, of his awful privatization, uh, he said that everything that can be in the hands of the private sector will be in the hands of the private sector. And he said, you know, today the idea that uh, the state is spoils to be shared among politicians and their friends is over. And today the impoverishing omnipresent state model is over. Obviously, he's not happy with the, the state intervention or the role by the state. He's awful, uh, the private sector, uh, privatization. And uh, he's uh, talking about uh, you know slashing, uh, basically the um, I mean the governments you know he's talking about removing uh, the ministries of education, culture, and uh, other and others, including the central bank. Is this the way to save the economy? I don't think so. That's going to be the way to save the economy, and that these policies could eventually have a positive change in the country. 
Um, I will say that the main issue of Argentina's economy right now is the inflation. You have many ways of understanding what is happening with the Argentina's inflation. One of the possibilities is to explain it as the Ambassador Hain is saying, that is because of the high subsidiarization of the economy. But there is another factor, and also Argentina tried before with Macri's government to take out the subsidies and don't lead to an improvement of the economic conditions. Far away from that. The other explanation of the possibility of the inflation is that Argentina's economy is facing this kind of a large history of a emission of money, of subsidization, and also a component in the psychology of the economic actors. The economic actors right now are so accustomed to think with a high inflation that they reproduce the inflation. So how to cut down that rate? This is the main question right now. Yes, Can I just give you one example about the beef? Well, if Argentina wants to make more <laughs> foreign exchanges, you have to export more beef, okay? But if you export more beef, then the, the so-called domestic market supply will be smaller. Then the prices for beef will go up. So the government in Argentina is caught up in this kind of uh, uh, difficult Dilemma. job. Mm -hmm. Okay. So either you want to make a fo more foreign exchanges by selling more beef, or you want to control inflation by reducing export of beef. That's a big problem. Uh, okay, Ambassador, now you know the suggestion from the president-elect is that you know, uh, like dollarize, dollarizing uh, the country's uh, currency. Uh, by adopting, okay, U.S. dollars. Uh, is that the way to solve the inflation problem? Well, uh, I don't think it is. Uh, you know, this has been done in other countries in, in Latin America. It has been done in Ecuador. It's been done in Salvador. The problem with dollarizing the economy uh, is that it may, in the short term, uh, cut down inflation. But uh, there is no going back. Once you've done it, it's very difficult to you know, go back to, the, to your old national currency, number one. Number two, it also obviously removes uh, the possibility of using <laughs> monetary policy to uh, pursue your economic policy objectives. So it, it's like tying your hands in, and limiting yourself. Um, the same can be said, of course, for closing the central bank. So uh, I think that would be a very dangerous move, um, but... Um, Mr. Millet has insisted uh, he will do it. Um, in principle, one should take candidates um, at their word. Well, uh, some of the ideas, obviously, I mean, we can be uh, frank, it's, it's, it's radical, uh, Professor Jiang. Uh, the mm. idea is like, uh, for example, eliminating the central bank and other ministries and then dollarizing the economy. Uh, as we said earlier, how likely is that these ideas will be accepted, will be approved in the uh, parliament? Well, I would say uh, uh, shutting down the central bank will be, will be something like a joke, you know. Well, uh, 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 the state needs to run the economy. 
the state needs to manage all kinds of monetary policies. And that's the job for, a, uh, for the central bank to do. So if you want to shut down the central bank, so who is going to manage monetary policies? So I will say this is impossible for Argentine to uh, shut down the central bank. So it's really a kind of a joke I think only Millet can make. Mm -hmm. uh, Professor Marinaro, you know, do you think people, and including his supporters, they really think the country can afford to get rid of the central banks and dollarizing the economy? Many economists have said in, in Argentina that this is not possible to do it with the amount of foreign reserves in the central banks of Argentina. The numbers of the central banks are in red right now. So if there is an actual plan to dollarize the economy, where do you, do you take the dollars to put it under circulation? This is totally un when Millet, a journalist, asked Millet where the, ma the money is going to, to came, he said that eventually his just election will produce a movement in the, in the international investors that will, be, will invest in the country. This is not possible to realize, really. Mm. Uh, so I don't think that I don't think that uh, many supporters realize the complexity of the situation. I think that they want to address the problem, and the factor that Millet is the only is the was the only candidate trained in economics was also a factor, an important factor in this election. Can I, can I add one point? Yes. You know, uh, this is not the first time dollarization is mentioned in Argentina. Don't forget that 22 years ago, that was 2001, when Argentina was in a financial crisis or debt crisis. People say, so why should we have dollarization uh, in Argentina? Wait, uh, so let's uh, just uh, uh, just replace the peso with the U.S. dollar. But after several months of discussion, so people in Argentina say it is not a clever idea to have dollarization. Okay, so past experience is not that, uh, you know, um, predicts something probably very different from the expectation of the Mr. Malay. Ambassador, you know, we, we, we talked about the pink uh, tide uh, in Latin America. You know, you have many, uh, let's say, people would say left-wing governments uh, uh, in Latin America. And now we have uh, a different tool. I mean, someone from the right wing and who received a congratulation from <coughs> Bolsonaro, the former president of Brazil. So can we predict or do we see any impact of his election on this regional politics? Well, you know, one way to read this is sort of the end of the second pink tide. I don't quite buy that. Um, the important thing yet to understand is what we have in Latin America today is not so much, uh, you know, uh, waves or tides of a certain ideological hue. Rather, what we have is a strong anti-incumbency uh, vote. In the past um, 20 elections since uh, 2019, only in two or three cases has the government coalition won. In all other cases has the opposition won. Why? That has to do with the crisis that affects not just Argentina, which is very deep, 
but also the rest of the region. The region had its worst economic downturn in 120 years in 2020. It was the region that was most affected by the pandemic in terms of the number of deaths per capita. So the region is in dire straits. And what you have is a strong anti-incumbency feeling. When there are elections, people vote for the opposition. And it's important to put the election of uh, Mr. Millet in, uh, in that context. Well, Mr. Millet also admitted to you know, public that he's uh, strongly pro the United States, he's pro Israel, and his first overseas visit will be in the U.S. Uh, so, you know, that kind of closeness uh, will in any way affect, uh, you know, probably the economic um, solution to this country's problems, uh, Ambassador? Well, <clears throat> let me say the following. The two main trading partners of uh, Argentina are Brazil and China in that order. Uh, there is no way Argentina can move forward without uh, those very strong economic relationships. Um, Mr. Millet, by insulting President Lula, is already in trouble with Brazil. Uh, it has already been announced that Mr. Lula will not attend the inauguration of Mr. Millet. It is normal for the Brazilian president to attend the inauguration of the Argentine president. These are the biggest countries in South America, close neighbors, we're closely together. Well, Mr. Lula will not attend the inauguration of Mr. Millet. So, uh, relations with Brazil are already on a bad footing. Uh, we'll see how relations with uh, China uh, progress, but uh, you know, China is the main buyer of uh, Argentine soybean. Uh, Argentina is one of the leading producers in the world of soybeans and soybean oil. It depends very much on the Chinese market. So uh, we'll see how uh, those relationships uh, evolve. Uh, Professor Marinaro, you know, how do people think of his, uh, let's say, his foreign policy? Uh, orientation, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's close to the U.S., he's an uh, admirer of uh, uh, Donald Trump, and of course he received congratulations fr uh, from Trump, and he's uh, basically now on, let's say, not uh, the, the best terms with Brazil or with China. Uh, do you think people are supportive of his, uh, you know, the shift of policies making here? I, I just wanted to say that Millet is not representing the common people of Argentina. I will say more than the Argentina's population and Chinese people are close friends. And this is going to be fundamental for the setback in the government. That the friendship, we don't, Argentina's and China didn't have any diplomatic conflict, relevant conflict in 50 years of diplomatic relationship. So this policy, this kind of rhetoric, this speech, is not found in the national interest of the country, but is more connected to uh, the rise of an ideological right in Latin America. I mean, in the previous years, in the previous decade, the right, the main discourse and speech of the right was connected to pragmatism saying to the people, okay, the economy is unfair to, for the 90% for the, for the of the population, but this is the way it is. 
what we are looking now is the rise of an ideological point of view in these far-right candidates that are not connected to the national interest, but to an ideological system. Uh, well, professor, uh, professor Jan, uh, yes, uh, go ahead, please. Yeah. Well, well uh, I don't worry about uh, the future of the bilateral relationship between China and Argentina. Now, just look at Bolsonaro. Bolsonaro said many unfavorable words about China before he became president of Brazil. But, but when Bolsonaro came to uh, power, he did something which is favorable to promote a China-Brazil relationship. So now I will say Argentina and China wish to promote bilateral relationship. This kind of bilateral relationship is not based on ideology. We know Mr. Millet is a rightist, but I don't believe that uh, uh, our relationship is based on his strange ideas. So in the near future, I hope or I, I, I can believe that uh, bilateral relationship between our two sides will continue to move forward. Well, China is the second largest uh, trading partner of uh, Argentina. Of course, as uh, earlier said, that you know we have been on good terms for decades, and there is no uh, whatever diplomatic or you know whatever conflicts between two countries. And also, relatedly, uh, Ambassador, you know, he talked about uh, uh, you know, Argentina will not be seeking to join uh, the BRICS group. And of course, Argentina is supposed to become uh, part of the grouping uh, early next year. Uh, so what will happen there? Yes, that's a great question. And, um, you know, obviously one possibility is that um, Mr. Millet will uh, refuse to accept the invitation to join the BRICS. My question is whether that will go down well with uh, Argentine business. Um, Argentine business, because refusing to join BRICS will essentially mean a slap in the face, both on Brazil which was very keen to invite Argentina, and to China, which is the main uh, part of the BRICS. Will Argentine business look kindly on that kind of uh, slap in the face? Again, to cite uh, Mr. Bolsonaro again, Bolsonaro said when he was a candidate for the presidency of Brazil, that he would leave the BRICS. When he came to office, he was told in no uncertain terms, both by the Brazilian military and by Brazilian business, that that was a bad idea, that the BRICS is a very important club and Brazil shouldn't leave it. So my bet is that uh, Mr. Millet will receive a similar message. Whether he will listen to it is another matter. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Mayor, uh, Mr. Marinaro, you know, how influential is the business community in Argentina? And uh, let's say like how, uh, how many uh, professional diplomats will be uh, with his new team uh, for the president-elect? Okay, I think that the, the business community is deeply influential in Argentina's economy, in Argentina's politics. We saw in these, in these elections that many different partners were getting closer to Millet when he won the primary elections with 30% of the total votes. You can also find us on the CGTN app on YouTube. Thank you for being with us. I'm Xu Qinduo. See you next time.